Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88000. Today I want to talk to you about one of the more important questions, one of the questions that we get a lot as pastors, or we certainly get a lot as a church, and that is, how do I hear from God? How do I hear the voice of God from my life? It's, it's pretty crucial to get this right, hearing from God, maybe, or it is, the most important factor, especially around your future. A lot of you may feel like the most important factor is your background, like the name you have, or awards, or achievements, or accolades, or your resume, Um, but it's not. It's not your education. Like, I've seen some of the smartest people do some of the dumbest things recently. I don't know if y'all have seen any of that. We've all had those moments. Back a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife and I, we do date days. My my day off is on Monday, so we do a date day on Monday, and and, uh, we wanted to go out in my Jeep and do a little trail riding, and so so we did that, and we were out, and we came up to this big ditch with some water in it, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, that looks really deep, I don't think we should do it, and Cody's like, come on, we can do it, I'm like, all right, baby, you got it, and you know, I, I'm, I'm still, I'll do whatever she tells me to do, basically, so, so we just rolled into that thing and got, and just sunk, like got bad stuck, like immediately, and I knew we were stuck, but I was just a typical male, like, I, I think I can get us out, you know, and so. So I got ready to gun it, but what I forgot was that we took the roof panels out on my Jeep. So as soon as I floored it to try to get out, a wall of muddy water came into the cab of the Jeep on me, on Cody, covered. It was really, really bad. And I'm pretty sure that water has been sitting there since the foundation of the earth. And so it smelled really, really bad. I mean, as close to poop water as you can get, that's what was in there. And so now we're covered in it. There, it's still in my Jeep. I'm still cleaning it to this day. It's kind of like the sanctification process that we all walk through, amen? Uh, and so I'm sure all of us have done some stupid stuff before in our lives, made bad decisions that covered us and maybe the people around us in poop water, uh, figuratively speaking. And, and so clearly it's not necessarily being the smartest. You've got to be able to hear the voice of God. As Christians, the greatest factor to your future has never been and will never be about the externals. It's not about the outside. It's not about what's happening in the natural. The most important thing in your life will always be the inside and what the Holy Spirit is showing you, speaking to you and giving you direction in. And so if that being the case, it's pretty important that you're able to hear the voice of God more clearly. How do you make those big decisions that happen or that come about in your life? What happens when your finances are on the line, a relationship is on the line, uh, a job, whether you're supposed to take it or not take it, what city you're supposed to live in, those types of things. What do you do when you're trying to make those decisions? You've got to recognize his voice. What is God saying about your life? What is he asking from you? What does he want for you? What does God sound like? Like his voice, what does it sound like when he's talking to you personally? 
There's a couple of you, it's like every single week, you give feedback, but a lot, but it's, it's like this for a couple of you. Every time you give me feedback, it's something like this. Man, God sure was stepping all over my feet today. Man, God sure brought the rod of correction into my life today. Man, God sure punched me in the gut with that message today. And I'm like, is God ever nice to you? Like, is he always just like, and I know there's seasons that are like that, but I do think every once in a while, like, I wonder if they know that God is like a tender, loving, heavenly father too. <laughs> and not always just like, I'll bring it again. You've been really bad this week, you know. But how does the voice of God sound for you? The Bible's full of examples of God speaking. I mean, if you just look at the Bible, like it's big. God is a talker. He's got some stuff to say. And I think that he still speaks. So what's the problem? Like, does God have laryngitis? Got a sore throat, so he's not talking as much? Why can't we hear God speak on a regular basis? I think the answer is because we're not tuned in. We're not tuned in. Y'all remember radios? Anybody in the room? Like AM, FM radios? Okay. Some young people, you'll have to Google it after service. That's fine. But, you know, sometimes you're, you're on that station, but as you travel, you're going to have to adjust how it's tuned in if you want to keep it. I think that's a lot how it is with our relationship with the Lord. You can get to a place where you're just not tuned in. So you're not hearing as clearly or completely off altogether. You think you're listening to him and you're listening to a totally different station. So I wanna give you three quick things about how to hear the voice of God or principles around what happens when you hear the voice of God. And then I wanna give you a couple practical things as we learn from an Old Testament prophet. First of all, hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God proves you belong to Jesus. Okay, so that's pretty important. In John 8, 47, Jesus said this, whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. And have any of you ever made like a big mistake uh, mistaking somebody's voice for somebody else's voice? I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. But uh, as my kids get older, especially my oldest daughter, London, as she gets a little older, her voice sounds a lot more similar to my wife Cody's voice, like as she gets older. And, and so a, a couple weeks ago, I'm back in our room and I hear this fighting and yelling and screaming, and I think the kids are talking back to their mom. So I'm coming out of the room, my belt's coming off already, like I'm ready to go to town, right? And, and then as I was around the corner, I realized the kids are not talking back to Cody, they're talking back to London. And I'm like, well, I don't care about that. I mean, they, you know, she like thinks she's the boss, but, uh, uh, but I, I, I really thought, I was like, wow, it was crazy how similar their voices can sound. One of the reasons why it's so important that you understand what the voice of God sounds like is so that you can also identify what he doesn't sound like. I think a lot of times people think like the devil, he's, he wears all red and he's got a pitchfork. And when he speaks, he speaks like in this old creepy man's voice or like Smeagol from the Lord of the Rings. He's like, my precious, like he, it's just like creepy. But the word says that he comes and masquerades as an angel of light. 
In other words, the enemy, Satan, will try to make himself sound as close to God and Jesus as he can so that he can deceive you. Even Jesus faced similar temptation in the wilderness from Satan. And Satan actually came out and bringing scripture out of context, but he brought scripture and it sounded great. It sounded reasonable. It sounded practical even, but it was not in God's, his heavenly father's will. And so we got to understand what his voice sounds like so that we can follow him. And knowing what his voice sounds like helps us to follow him. If not, we can be very deceived. I had a, a man come to me a while back and told me that he had heard from God, that God told him it was okay for him to leave his wife and his children and have an affair with another married woman because they were both unhappy. God told him it was okay because they were unhappy. And I just said, no, that's not God. That's a voice in your head or that's a demon, but that's not God. And the conversation kind of went downhill from there. Like he didn't want to hear that because he was so convinced. And I just showed him very clearly through the word, God is not a liar. God won't contradict himself. And he won't make an exception just for you. Like, no, well, I know he'd usually tell people that that's bad, but for me, it's okay. No, he does that to protect people. He does that because he loves us. But, People can be deceived really easily if they don't know the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, but they also know the voice of a stranger and don't follow that either. But in that verse, that word know, it means to perceive, to be in tune, to constantly be aware of. Okay, so this means that, that hearing the voice of God cannot just be this moment of prayer, okay? Like, that's part of it. But I think it's like communication on any other level. Y'all know that in communication with the people around you, did you know that 75 to 80% of communication is nonverbal? So it's not even what you're saying, it's what you're doing. It's also tone. It's also body language. So, so those are the things that the Lord's looking for too. You know, sometimes your greatest prayers will not be things that you say, it'll be the way that you live and the way that you love and the way that you walk out the truth of his word. That'll show that you belong to him. Hearing God's voice protects you from mistakes. It says in Job 33, verse 13, why do you accuse God of never answering? For God speaks again and again in dreams and visions in the night and deep sleep falls on men and they lie on their beds. He opens their ears in times like that and gives them wisdom and instruction causing them to change their minds and keeping them from pride and warning them from penalties of sin and keeping them from falling into some trap. God is always speaking. And one of the reasons why he speaks is because he's trying to warn us. He's trying to protect us. My wife can say my name in about 12 different tones. And every one of those tones has a completely different message. And because I know her and I've spent a lot of time listening to her, I usually can pick up on what that tone means. And if she can't get me with the tone of how she says my name, she will give me a look. 
And how many of y'all know that sometimes a look that a woman will give can write a book? Like that look, it's like, wow, she said a lot in one glance. But usually when she's doing that, it's because she's like, James, don't be a bonehead. You're heading down a path with what you're doing or what you're getting ready to say. Don't do it. And she has saved me many times, many times. I just got done saying my in-laws have been in town. She saved my butt three or four times over the last four or five days. Sometimes when God speaks, it's to protect us. Hearing the voice of God is the secret to a productive life. So, yeah, you know, if you really want to be successful, it's directly correlated and related to how do you hear the voice of God and how are you obedient to that voice? As you read throughout the word, um, I, I, almost every year I, I read the whole Bible start to finish. It's just a part of my rhythm and then I'll study different parts of the Bible as well. But as I've read through Old Testament, New Testament, I hear or I see these phrases about how they sought the Lord. In First Chronicles, it talks about that over and over again. And they sought the Lord. And they sought the Lord. In the book of Acts, it says, and they, they followed the leading of the Holy Spirit. They were in tune. They were doing everything they could to hear from God. And the result, whether it was Old Testament or New Testament, it was always the same. There was more boldness. There was clear direction. There was favor. There was also discernment when someone had ill intent. And there was spiritual power. God would empower his people when they were very intentional about pursuing his presence and his voice. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is in 1 Samuel chapter 3. This is going to be our main text for the day. And the context around this is Samuel was dedicated by his mother to serve in the temple with one of the prophets, Eli. Now, this is during a time in the Old Testament, the only, typically the only way that God would speak was through the prophets. This is a time in Israel when people were rebelling against God, and so God wasn't speaking much, even to the prophet Eli. And Eli, the reason why he was in a little bit of trouble with God is his sons, who were supposed to be serving in the temple with him, were all being a bunch of knuckleheads as well. And so Samuel's there, but Samuel, most Bible philosophers believe he was probably 12 or 14 years old. He's a young man, but in man's eyes, most people would not have picked him to be the one to hear from God based on who he was and the, his, his background, all those things. But I think that Samuel, there's some, a few things in this passage of scripture that we can learn from Samuel, this young man who didn't hear from God, but did hear from God in this chapter. It says in verse one, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There was not very many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak and he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Okay, the lamp of God had not gone out. Okay, so that speaks to two things. There's actual lamp of God that was in the temple, but it's also speaking metaphorically about Eli and his life. And that even though what God had started in him was dim, it hadn't gone out yet. So Eli could still perceive the things of God, even though it wasn't as sharp in perceiving as it used to be. And that can happen in any one of our lives. In any one of our lives, when we start drifting away from the things that God has for us, it's not that God's done with us, but again, we will begin to not be as tuned in to how he speaks and what he wants to speak to us. So that's kind of where Eli's at. But then you got Samuel there. It says this, uh, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Okay, so the ark represented the physical presence of God, okay? In the Old Testament, the presence of God hovered around this temple, hovered around the tabernacle. 
and around the ark, okay? So Samuel is close, physically close to this ark, the presence of God. It goes on to say, uh, then the Lord called to Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lay down. So he went back and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. How many of you ever had kids that would get up in the middle of the night and come to your, door, your side of your bed over and over and over again? You just keep telling them, go back and lie down. Go get a drink of water. You're just desperate. Like, do whatever you gotta do, but stop waking me up. Okay, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, okay? The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. Okay, so this is the difference between knowing and knowing. Samuel knew about God because he's around the temple. Like, he's learning these things. But he hadn't had a personal revelation of who God was for him yet. So that's what that's saying. Okay, so uh, Samuel, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Then Eli realized that it was the Lord calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in that place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, he goes on to give Samuel a prophetic word for Israel regarding kind of everything that had been going on. Some of it was encouraging. Some of it was a rebuke. But in this, I think we can see a couple things. A couple observations I want to give you. First of all, where Samuel was mattered. Like where he was mattered. Verse 3, it says Samuel was lying down where the ark of the Lord was. So Samuel's close. He's as close as he could be to the presence of the Lord. Like physically, he's there. And I think if you want to hear from God, what is the first thing that you need to do? You need to be where he's at. You gotta figure out, where is God speaking? You have to be close to him in his word and in his presence if you wanna hear him speak. So good question is, where and when is God speaking? Get close, so as close as you can to the things of God and to the people of God if you wanna hear from God. And I think this is why the body of Christ is so important. I think this is why you shouldn't isolate yourself during difficult times. I think this is why it's important that as much as possible, people are back around the body of Christ and in services and not online as much as possible, but back around the physical presence, around the people and the things of God where God is speaking. And I'm not saying that God is only speaking in services. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying God is speaking in life groups. I'm saying God is speaking through coffee meetings. I'm saying God is speaking through these interactions, but he's speaking in places. And I think if you want to hear from God, you need to be as close to the things and the people of God as you possibly can be if you want to hear more from him. So where you are matters. Observation number two, Samuel's heart mattered a lot too. I think Samuel has a servant's heart. Because think about it, Samuel in the middle of the night got up, 
for Eli and asked him what he needed. Well, that's a servant. I don't know about you. There has never been a time when I'm sleeping that I want to get up and help somebody. Like if I'm sleeping, like I'm even my, even my own kids. Like I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm out of it, right? You wake me up in the dead of sleep. I don't, my kids have come to me before and they'll be like, dad, I had a bad dream, pray for me. There's some of the worst prayers I've ever prayed in my life. I don't even know what I'm saying. Now they go to their mama because she's a little more coherent. She can do a better prayer, you know? But even when they were babies, when they were babies, and when each one of my, I, I somehow, I don't know how this happened, but I developed very select hearing. It's the weirdest thing. Like when all our kids were babies, like they start crying in the middle of the night. I never heard them. It's the weirdest thing. Really bothered Cody. I'd wake up in the morning and be like, oh, man, what a great night, huh? Baby didn't wake up at all. And she looks at me like, I hate you. She's like, no, she only got up like four or five times. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear her. <laughs> That's the weirdest thing. But nobody wants to get up in the middle of the night. But I think it's demonstrating, man, Samuel, he had a heart to serve. You know where else in the Bible people said, here I am? Moses said that. Abraham said that, Isaiah said that, that when God would come, they would say, here I am. Because I think that's a posture of saying, God, whatever you need from me, I'm willing to do it. And I think that when you have that heart towards God, he will speak to you more because someone that has a servant's heart is humble and teachable so God can trust that what he tells them, they will be faithful with. And so I think there's a direct correlation between serving and hearing. I think that when you have a heart to live out this character of Christ who came not to be served, but to serve, that when you live out that character, you are in a much better position. You are primed to be in a spot where God will want to speak to you. Because I think loving and hearing go hand in hand. Serving and hearing go together. But there's a difference between listening to someone and constantly listening for someone. When you're listening to someone, it's because they addressed you. And so now you're listening because they're speaking directly to you. But I think a deeper level of relationship is not when someone has to speak to you before you listen. It's much more that you're constantly listening for them to speak. When you were younger or any of us that have ever had a crush on somebody, okay? Say you, were, you had a crush on somebody when you were in school. But, and maybe they didn't even know. But when you had a crush on somebody, how many of y'all know that you tune into their voice? Right? You can be in a crowded room, crowded hallway, crowded cafeteria, and you can pick out their voice from across the room. Okay? It's the same thing. Cody and I, I can identify her. I'm telling you, this whole room can be talking at one time and I can pick out her voice from the other side of the room. I can certainly pick out her laugh. I can pick out her voice because I've spent a lot of time tuning into her, listening for her, not just listening to her. If you love the Lord, 
you will be able to tune into his voice even when the world around you is getting noisy and distracting because you are listening for him. What does he need to say? What does he want to say to me? Amen? So I wanna give you a couple practical things, some things that, some takeaways when it comes to, to hearing the voice of God. And to do this, I wanna go back to a prophet named Habakkuk. He's a minor prophet in the Old Testament. And there was this one point, a little bit of context. Uh, we don't know much about Habakkuk except his name. We know his name means to stay with or to wrestle with. Uh, but he had this major complaint against God because there was a lot of injustice that was happening in the land. And he was basically like, God, when are you gonna deal with this? When are you gonna deal with this? I need to hear from you. I need a word from you because I'm your prophet, but you're not speaking. And so I, I'm, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to hear from you. So this is what it says in Habakkuk chapter two, verse one. I will climb my watchtower and wait to see what the Lord will tell me to say and, and what answer he will give to my complaint. The Lord gave me this answer. Write down clearly on tablets what I revealed to you so that it can be made, uh, read at a glance. Okay, so very clear, very obvious. Okay, so in those couple of verses, I think there's some practical things that we can take in regards to what do we do when we need to go hear from the voice of God? First of all, get away. Get away. A lot of times in order to start tuning back into the voice of God, but sometimes even just to hear him clearly, you're gonna have to remove yourself from the noise. You're gonna have to get away. It says that he climbed a watchtower, okay? So he, he got away. You know, maybe for you, that's getting into the woods. It's going to a different room in your house. It's going on a drive. It's locking your kids in the attic. Like whatever you gotta do to get some time where you're able to be quiet, get away. First, and the second thing is wait, wait. Okay, in the NIV version, uh, it says that he, he will station himself or I will station myself, meaning I'm gonna go put myself in a spot and I'm not gonna move until something happens. I need to hear from God. So I'm gonna be patient and I'm gonna wait. But I think the biggest reason for that is not because God is slow in answering prayer like we think about slow. It's because we need to clear some of our flesh and our thoughts and our emotions out of the way so that he can speak. So that, so that we're a, a vessel ready to receive what he has. And God is trying to cultivate in us the fruit of his spirit in that moment so that we can stay more in step with his spirit. So wait, calm yourself. Being in a hurry, being stressed, being worried will always be the death of you being able to hear the voice of God. It'll kill your, your ability to hear the voice of God quicker than anything. Uh, and, and the dangerous part is, is when you are desperate and you're trying to make decisions and you want to hear from God, but you're in a place of stress or fear or anxiety or worry, that the enemy will pick up on that and he will seize that moment. He'll jump right on that because he knows that you're desperate to hear something. And that's when he'll come along and start whispering things he knows your flesh wants to hear and make it sound a lot like God and get you driven by your feelings and emotions and instead of the truth of his word and the wise counsel of other people. So that's why it's important 
that you're not in a place of anxiety. You're not in a place of hurry. You're in a place of waiting. God speaks to people who wait on him. Satan speaks in a drive-through window to people who are needing fast food. If you understand the analogy, it's like, I just need this and I need it right now. I need it right now. Just give me something. Our culture has a major issue with this because of how busy we are. And we miss the things of God so often because of that. In Psalm 46, it says, be still and know that I'm God. That's why for me, it helps me to be outside. It helps me to be in nature when I'm needing to wait on the Lord. Because it doesn't take me very long in just looking at his creation to get some perspective back. Like I'm worried, I'm freaking out about this situation, whatever it may be. But he's the creator of the universe. He's God. He's big. And he loves me. He's gonna speak to me. He's gonna help me. I think you also have to look to hear. In this verse, it says, you'll wait to see what the Lord will tell him. Okay, so he could have said, wait to hear, not wait to see. But I think that if you wanna hear the voice of God, you need to get in his word. I've found that there's times when I don't even know what particular verse I need to read, but I just start reading his word and he begins to speak to me. I would say the majority of the revelation, the majority of the instruction that you're gonna receive from the Lord will probably start happening as you read his word. And I think a big reason for that is because if you're in his word, then you're already concerned about making sure that whatever you think you hear aligns with what he's already said versus letting some external thing motivate you or influence your ability to hear him. Now, God will speak in worship for sure. I mean, that you know, the lyrics of a song inspired by the Holy Spirit, God will definitely speak through that. God can speak in a lot of different ways, but I find that when you get connected to his word and you start reading his word, it's one of the biggest ways that he'll start speaking. And you have to know this, because a lot of times people ask me this, it's like, okay, I feel like I heard from God, but how do I know? Okay, first of all, God will not contradict this, okay? More specifically, God will not contradict the new covenant through Jesus that he has made with you, okay? So if, if there's anything that you feel like God's telling you, but it contradicts what the word of God says, that's probably not, not God. But he also won't contradict his character, okay? So I, I would say this. If you're wondering whether or not God is speaking to you, what are the emotions, what are the feelings that are invoked in you as you're listening and as you're hearing. Because if it is feelings and emotions of shame, condemnation, fear, worry, stress, anxiety, or anything that is contrary to the fruit of the spirit, that's probably not God. That's probably not God. God will not contradict his character when he speaks to you. 
okay? But the biggest thing is, what does his word say? And I was specific in saying his new covenant because some of y'all were like, well, in the Old Testament, okay, we're, thank God we're not under the law, right? God didn't, Jesus didn't come to throw out the law. He came to fulfill it. He's completed it. But the biggest reason for the law was to show us how much we need Jesus, to show us it was impossible for us to fulfill the law. And so when you read into the New Testament and the plan that Jesus has laid out to us through this new covenant, God will not contradict that when he speaks to you. So you need to contrast it. So look to here and then write down your thought. I haven't always done this great in every season, but in different seasons when I was really needing to hear from God, I would journal a little bit more. I would write th some things down. And there's a big reason for this is because you will forget. Um, and, and when God is speaking to you, obviously it's gonna be freshest in that moment. And so make sure you've got something you can record, you can write it down, something that you can make it as fresh as you possibly can. Because when you write it down, I think from there, you want to go and find some biblical community and close friends that love the Lord that can help you test it. And it's important that it gets tested. Y'all have to know, I don't care how godly you are, your flesh can mess with your ability to hear from God. I'm a pastor, I promise you, I don't wake up in the morning. It's not like a scene out of a Disney movie where this bright light shines down from heaven and suddenly there's a dove that flies around my bed and begins to speak to me about what I'm supposed to do for the day. Like, I don't have that. I, it's not like the, the, the Batman phone that I have a direct connection to God. Like, I, I have to do everything that I'm telling you. I gotta do this, okay? But even when I feel confident, I have heard from God. I still don't trust myself. I'm still gonna go to some biblical community. I'm gonna go to some godly counsel. The word says that plans fail for lack of counsel. Okay, so I'm gonna go to a pastor. I'm gonna go to my wife. I'm gonna go to my biblical community. I'm gonna say, hey, I feel like the Lord has shown me this. What do y'all think? And it's really important you have that because you gotta have some people also that aren't just gonna tell you what you wanna hear. And some of you, you like having that. You like having those people that'll tell you like misery loves company. So you're feeling a certain way about something. You're like, who can I talk to that will agree with me right now about how I'm feeling? No, you gotta have some friends that'll shoot you straight and say, hey, I know you feel like you heard from the Lord on this, but I don't feel like I know you well and I feel like I know the Lord pretty well and I don't feel like this is from God. So I'm not telling you no, but I'm telling you, you better slow down just a little bit. Let's pray about this. Let's get in his word. Let's pray and fast about this. Let's get some more clarity before you make this decision. You need to have some friends around you like that. So write it down, write down your thought and then review it, review it over and over again. The reason why you wanna have that is because there are times that you will feel like the Lord has told you to do something and then you will follow his leading and then when you get there, it don't look good. It's like, man, this is not working out like I thought it would. Perfect example for Cody and I is when we moved here from Colorado. Because when we moved here, we knew without a shadow of a doubt that God told us to move to Arkansas. It was not the easiest decision I've ever made, trust me. None of y'all probably lived in Colorado, but it's a pretty cool place, like it's nice there, you know? And so there was a lot about moving here. It's like, yeah, okay. But we knew, we were confident. But once we got here, it was horrible. Initially, when we first got here, it was horrible. We came here to be youth pastors. 
And I was able to chisel that youth group down to about 10 students. And then Pastor Rick's mom would come and hang out with us too. So I'd count her as one of the students, but it was bad. Like I was not doing good as a youth pastor. Cody got in a wreck with our only vehicle and totaled it. I took a 60% pay cut to move here. So the finances came into it, everything about it. One afternoon, Cody and I are sitting in the place that we were living at. We didn't have our own place and living with someone else. We're like, did we make the biggest mistake of our lives doing this? And in that moment, we could have just been very reactionary and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm, all, I'm positive. I can go back and get my job back at the church we're working at in Colorado. And we can move back there. And, and, you know, no harm, no foul. We haven't been here this long. And they can, I'm, I suck as a youth pastor, so I'm sure they can find somebody better. You know, that's not going to be hard. And I could have made that decision. And I can't imagine what our lives would look like if I'd done that. Well, how did we stick to it? We went back, we went back and we reviewed everything we knew God had told us. We needed to remind ourselves. We needed to speak it to each other. We needed to remind each other, no, we're not gonna let the situation and the circumstance and our feelings and emotions shake the conviction of our hearts. What we know God has asked us to do. And you've got to be able to do that too. It's not always easy for me to hear the voice of God, but I believe we're living in a time where it's more important than ever that we're hearing from him. Not just, it's always been important for us to hear from God, but we got to hear from him more clearly because there are a lot of other voices now that are trying to deceive people, trying to draw them into all different kinds of directions. There's so many disputable matters, like Paul put it now, where people are arguing and fighting. There's so much division. People are putting other pastors and preachers on blast on social media. Look, I, I, I won't, I, I'm not gonna tell you that I agree with every piece of theology or every word that's being given out there right now. I'm not gonna tell you that, I, but I, I do know this. One thing is completely clear. This may be a rebuke for some of you and you need to receive it. The one thing that is completely clear in the word of God God detests people that create division in the body of Christ. He detests that. So whether you agree with some other church or someone with a pastor, look, I have personal opinions about whether I agree with everything they're saying or doing or not. And I think some of them are straight up being led astray by the antichrist, if you wanna be honest. But they're still a pastor, they're still a preacher, they still have a congregation. So me putting them on blast on social media, I know that doesn't please the heart of God. So watch out for that kind of stuff. But it is important that because of those types of things, that you can hear the voice of God. And one of the most important things I can do as a pastor is to try to equip you to do that. And so these are some practical things, but you're still gonna have to make the time. Some of this, it's on you. So it may be you need to get up a little earlier. It may mean that you need to shut off your radio on the, work, on the way to work. It may mean that you need to put that Netflix series you've been binge watching on pause for a couple nights. It may mean that instead of watching Yellowstone, you need to drive to Yellowstone and spend some time looking at the beauty of God's creation. I have an opinion but I'm not gonna share it right now. But you're gonna have to be intentional. You're gonna have to be intentional. 
that if you'll do it, God still speaks. He still speaks. He's got a lot he wants to say to you. But I think for some of you, for some of you, you don't hear, the idea of hearing the voice of God is so foreign to you. It's unfathomable. And, and if God did speak to you, your impression is this. Ooh, if God spoke to me, oh my. God, he would tell me how messed up I am. Man, God would just tell me how, you know, he'd just rebuke me. He'd slam me. It'd be this loud, authoritative. Wouldn't sound like Morgan Freeman. We all would love that, but it would, it would sound mean. Look, there are times when God may have to speak to you like that. But God will be most concerned, first and foremost, that you know how much he loves you. That's what he'd be most concerned about. That he wants you to see that the path of sin leads to death. And there might be some of you, you've just never made a genuine commitment in your heart, in your life to say, God, I want you to have me. I want you to have me. I, I know I messed up. I know I don't deserve it. I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your grace, but I need it. I'm broken and I'm a sinner. And I know I, I, I can't do this on my own. I know, I've tried, I've tried everything. And I'm tired of that. I wanna hear from you. I want you to speak to me. I wanna have the kind of relationship with you that I sense in my heart that you wanna have where there's dialogue and you speak to me about who I am. And I can be just totally open and honest with you about where I'm at and how I'm feeling. And it can be a real relationship. And it's not gonna be based on religion. It's not gonna be based on my ability to be good or just how proficient I've been at jacking everything up. It's gonna be about you, your grace, your love, your forgiveness and what you do, what you did on the cross being enough. That's the kind of relationship I want. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads. If you're in that place where you know you need Jesus, you're away from him. You have no confidence in your heart that he wants to be around you, that he desires to have relationship with you, that God does wanna speak to you, that he sees you as a son or daughter. And maybe you've been close to him before, but you, re you recognize right now you're not close to him and maybe you need to rededicate your life. Whatever it is, I think the Lord is giving you a chance right now to come to him. And I wanna just honor that. I wanna give you a chance to respond. So if you're here today and you know you need Jesus, you know you need him, I wanna pray with you. I wanna agree in prayer with you. The word says, if you'll believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you can be saved. Okay, so at one point or another, you're gonna need to be a lot more vocal 
about this. You're gonna need to declare that you're a believer. A great way to do that is through water baptism. It may just be telling somebody as soon as the service is over, but between me, you, and the Lord, if you know you're away from him, you need him, I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, I want you to put your hand up right now. Be confident, be bold about this. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it down. I just wanna know who I'm praying with. Got you, yes, sir. Anyone else, I'm away from him. I need him. I got you, thank you. Anyone else? I need to make a decision to follow Jesus with all my life, all my heart. Yes, ma'am, got it. Anyone else? Yeah, I got you, buddy. I saw you. Anyone else? I'm ready to make a decision for Jesus. Ready to surrender to him. Okay. So for every person that raised their hand, there might've been somebody that didn't, that's okay. The Lord knows your heart. You raising your hand is not what gets you saved. I just know raising your hand, that's just an act of faith that I believe that can just release something inside of you to receive from the Lord. But every person that raised your hand, let's just talk to God. You can say this loud enough for your own ears to hear, or you can just say it in your heart. But like I said, you need to declare this at one point or another, your faith in Jesus. Say this, say, Jesus, thank you for coming and dying on the cross for my sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I recognize that I couldn't save myself and I need a savior, but I believe that you paid the price that I couldn't pay so that I could be saved from my sin. But I believe that you didn't stay dead, you rose from the grave. When you rose from the grave, you defeated my sin. You defeated death itself. And because of that, I have the hope of heaven and eternity with you. But I don't wanna just wait to go to heaven. I wanna live the life that you have for me now. And I know that I don't have the answers of how to do that. The only way that's gonna happen is I have to surrender to you as my Lord. And so God, I do that right now. I surrender to you as my Lord and I repent from living for myself, for living for the world. I turn away from that and I turn towards you. And I pray that you would help me by the truth of your word, by the leading of your Holy Spirit, by being connected to the body of Christ. Help me, God, to live for you for the rest of my days. Thank you so much for saving me. Thank you for a new life in you. To you be the glory. Father, I thank you for every person that just made that decision. And I pray that all of us, Lord, would seek to hear your voice more clearly. Help us to be intentional. God, give us practical ways. Lord, it's gonna be an individual thing. It's gonna be a personal and intimate thing. And God, I pray that every one of us in the rhythms of our lives would understand how you speak and we'd always be listening for your voice. In Jesus' name, amen.